Hi, Nick here from Pods with Nick and James. Just a quick one before we get into this podcast. I want to say a massive thank you for the uh, support that we've received since starting these podcasts. We thoroughly enjoy it and we look forward to creating more. If you want to have your say on any topics that we've discussed or suggest future topics, then you can do so at www.reddit.com slash r slash Nick and James Pods. And if you want to support us, you can do so for uh, from as little as £1 a month. And you can do that at www.patreon.com slash pods with Nick and James. Anyway, back to the podcast. Hello and welcome back to Pods with Nick and James. My name's Nick. This is James. Hey there. And uh, today our topic is mental health. I didn't want to start with a pun on this one because uh, A, I don't have the creativity to think of a good one for mental health, but B, um, I wanted to be, I wanted to think about this topic as a bit more of a serious topic. People, I don't think, um, especially in the country we live in. Um, take this topic very like as seriously as they should. I think mental health is a, a universal problem. Um, I know back in like the 10th century, 11th century, it wasn't seen as such. It was seen as a weakness of like the minority. But I think everybody suffers from mental health issues at some point, um, and people need to be free and open to to discuss that. Anyway, hi James, how you doing? <laughs> hi there. I would um. I would start by saying that uh, in olden times, uh, the the process of mourning uh, was not used as a cover-up, but it was uh, endorsed. So people were allowed to have mental health issues if they were mourning the loss of a loved one. Um, but uh, outside of that, yeah, absolutely, it was weakness, choice, scum. Yeah. Is, uh, the, well, the short of it. Absolutely. So I thought I'd start with quite a, an easy one. We'll, we'll we'll see if we can name some common causes of mental health issues. So obviously money is, is quite a big cause of mental health issues, isn't it? Um, it is. It is. Uh, I think it is. Annoyingly, though, and this is going to sound really bad, but it's it's more of an issue in adults who do and don't have money i think when it comes to kids like as long as the basic needs are met and as long as the social needs are met um people can be can be happy but yeah yeah money money is a huge contributing factor i think the pressure of society of if do you own your own house if you don't and you know you lose your job and you're not necessarily signed on or anything like that or just the battle that people have to go through to get signed on and to get you know provision can have a huge toll on people's mental health but sorry i'm i'm going off on one you're leading this one no you're absolutely uh, fine i i just as i said i wanted to go over a list of common common uh, 
reasons mm. for mental health issues. And as you said, society is a massive pressure, um, and it does add to mental health issues. The stipulations and the the, I mean, I know I know I've said this in the past. I'm autistic yourself too. Um, like there are certain social um, requirements that are unwritten and you know what growing up i i had to learn that the hard way and that was a massive issue with my mental health um because i didn't fit in society in the same way that everybody else did i was the kind of kid that wouldn't see why people needed to have to be quiet at a funeral you know now i understand because somebody had the decency to explain that to me and you know what it makes sense but at the time because I was young and I was autistic. I didn't have the capacity to look at the big picture and go, you know what, this is mourning. People need to be reflecting. And as such, talking over through, like talking through somebody's um, reflection is, is insulting. You know, those kind of intricacies of society, um, they they put unknown pressure on, I think, a lot of, a lot of uh, young people and adults especially. Um, I know I suffer a lot because of things like that. Um, I think, I mean, it's, it's hard because I think people have stuff explained to them. Um, it's interesting that mental health is becoming, you know, more and more of a thing like it. And, and to begin with, it was just something for rich people but you know what i think you can clearly see the stamp of mental illness throughout history i mean the number of rulers who go mad um not just with power but you know like just their own mental stability um falling apart over the years the number of people who well i guess the endorsed um coping mechanism for absolutely centuries if not thousands of years was alcohol like um but we won't I, I, you know, maybe we'll touch upon this a, a little bit but like mental illness leading to alcoholism but also alcoholism being used as a way of not just the individual coping but oh this person's just drunk yeah you know yeah yeah like when it's the way you're perceived isn't it like you're not like you look at somebody sat on the side of the road um and the common um like knee-jerk response mental response is druggy or alcoholic you know um instead of going sick person needs help you know yeah which is quite sad really isn't it it is, it is sad, but at, at the same time, it's also difficult to know how to help. Yeah, and I think that's the fear, isn't it? I think that a lot of a lot of people don't respond out of fear of what reaction they're going to get. You know, my mum always used to say, "Oh, don't, don't, don't talk to the homeless people. They want to be where they are." Whereas I was always like, "But they're homeless. They've got nothing. If I've got something, I want to give it to them. Um, or if I've got more of something than they have, then I will share with them." You know. Um, but my mum was like, no, 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 don't talk to them. They want to be where they are. And I'm like, I'm not sure that's really true, mum. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's a, it's not always uh, that's, true, that, anyway. That, that is an oversimplification of an incredibly complex problem. Yeah. But, um, my mum is the queen of oversimplifications. But, but to, to be fair, though, like, as, as you were having this conversation with her, was she trying to get her shopping done? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was yeah, normally, there, there you go. It was normally, <laughs> it was normally yeah, outside have... Sainsbury's supermarket in South End. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so she didn't have her A-frame with her and she didn't have 45 minutes to put aside to and give she you had, a brief overview. She had four kids. Passion. She had four oh, kids. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a... That'll do it. That that will give you a uh, a couple of syllables answer there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's another thing, isn't it? That is a common cause to mental health issues, like the pressure of parenthood. My mum was a single parent of four children, um, and as a result, her mental health suffered massively. Um, and like as much as family, like her family, um, would help. They weren't obligated to help. My mum certainly wouldn't push them to help. Um, they wouldn't help as much as I see some families helping. Um, and that meant the pressure was all on her. So her mental health was uh, a big problem growing up for me. Mm. You know. Um, anyway, the reason I, I didn't necessarily list, I didn't have a list uh, in my notes of common causes of mental health issues is because I feel like... Um, it's it's should an open we, book. Should we... It's an open book. Is 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 it an well? No, I I completely agree. It is an open book. Should we try and go through some of those now? Would you Would you like us More to than, try? Yeah, and, let's let's go over some of those. You uh, know, but, like... absolutely. Let's let's as I said, like money, um, society, um, um, like parenthood, even the pressures of parenthood. Like, yeah. What else can you think of that that quite commonly causes? Okay. Uh right. Change, uh, loss of employment. Um, if I'm honest, mourning. Sorry, I realise I'm also I'm really worried I'm mispronouncing that. Is there a different way of pronouncing morning. the loss? No, of you're absolutely grieving. One. It's a, grieving. It does literally sound like the time of okay, grieving. That's the better way. Um, grieving. Uh, in reaction, in reaction to illness, in reaction to mal uh, nutrition to a point. Um, sleeplessness. Yeah, I, I know sleeplessness can also lead to it. Yeah. Uh, excess. I think I say excess as a generalization, like excessive alcohol mm. use, excessive drug ah, use, addiction. Uh, yeah. Generally, addiction will addiction of any kind. The the annoying thing is, is like so many of these things are a bit of a reciprocal circle or a repeating circle you know like you get addicted to something because you're in because you feel like you're in a bad place yeah yeah and then you get and then you get in a truly bad place and then you because heal because that you're addicted momentarily yeah. with that addiction that you've got which gives mm. you a momentary release of serotonin that makes you feel a little bit better but then you crash again afterwards um yeah yeah absolutely mm. um any more yeah um, so annoyingly, like, so I said change, but also stifling, repetition, yeah. boredom. Um, yeah. Like, See, it, unfortunately, I think you were right to not make a list because it is ongoing, isn't it? That's, you know, the, that's the point uh, I was making. I mean, I literally wrote star, insert as necessary, star. And the reason I did that was because what I feel affects my mental health isn't going to be the same as what you feel affects your mental health. And who am I to judge how your mental health is affected? Mm. And it's the same with everyone else. I think one of the biggest things that people are 
too quick to do, especially keyboard warriors sat on Facebook like, looking through their lists. They're too quick to judge what other people are being affected by. You know what? Your cat died. Fair enough, I wouldn't necessarily be as affected by it as you are, but it weren't my cat. Yeah? Mm. Like, I should be respectful enough of you and you as a human being, not even as somebody that I know, but of you as a human being, to say, I hope you're okay, mate. Because that's all yeah. it takes. Yeah. You know, I don't... I'm, I might not comprehend why that is affecting you as much, but I do understand that if you're affected, what you need to know is that people are there. And not have somebody go, oh, you're just being a wuss. You're just being a... What's a, what a pathetic thing to get upset about? Oh, you don't need that. For Christ's sake, people, please. Yeah. yeah. Or, to be fair, the way... The way that could be inflected is it's a cat, yeah, uh, you know, or something along those lines. Yeah. And it, but then again, it, it's I haven't I, done that properly because I'm not going to put the the levels of contempt. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly voice. what you're saying. But yeah, it's just like, but it's like, it's yeah. if if there was something in your life that brought you joy on a daily basis, and then it is taken away from you, it should not be surprising for anyone if you then behave differently or are grieving for a period of time it's uh, uh the annoying thing is it's just what makes up the important things of every human being's day is completely it's so different for every single individual you know yep yep like yep. every, everybody's got their fix of some kind um and if stroking and feeding that cat was that person's fix then yeah it's going to mess them up yeah um, see i'm a man just... of routine yeah mm. so i obviously i had two weeks off sick recently i had an operation and i had, I had two weeks off sick um i went back yesterday and um, it's all changed, mate. It's all changed. My position in the office has changed. Like, I've got to now sit on the end of a bench as opposed to by the window, which is going to affect me. Um, noise levels are going to be different because I'm in the more crowded area of the, the office. Um, my manager's changed. My teammates have all changed. Um, and, like, my anxiety, as soon as I realised all of those things that I was going to have to deal with, like, my desk has moved and none of my stuff's been taken over, so I've now got to go in and find all that stuff in the office and take it to my desk. Um, and, like, the anxiety that I felt immediately spiked, and I was like, I, I, start, I found myself by about three o'clock in the afternoon looking for other jobs. I was like, hold on, Nick, this is just because change. You need to just give it a minute, you'll be fine. But I had that moment where I was like, no, I'm done. Like, but I know that's the autistic in me. And it, like, I struggle with change as it is anyway. And I overreact to it. And But I also understand that that's a trait of mine. And therefore, I need to give myself a moment. So I was just allowing myself. All right, have a look at things. You know, have a look at other jobs. You'll realize that it's not... It, like, you're going to go through more stress trying to find something to replace this minor inconvenience than you are, like, to get over this issue. But, you know, but, oh, I just... It's horrible, like, having to go through those, like, 
remedial things and and like I said, like some people, you might get up in the morning and th three days in the morning, exactly the same thing might happen. It might be as simple as, oh, you stub your toe on the edge of the bed every morning for three mornings. But that's going to affect, by the third morning, you're going to be like, oh, for Christ's sake, is nothing going to happen. And because that one thing happens in the morning, everything throughout the day is going to feel that little bit more bitter. Mm -hmm. You know, and that is... People don't understand how, how the little things all stack up, but it is. It's exactly that. It can be as simple as you stub your toe, you know, but it puts a bit of pill in your mouth, and all of a sudden, everything else, you view the world differently, and everything else is just that little bit more bitter and feels that little bit worse, you know. You can't get the right newspaper at the, the, the shop, so that's obviously a, a, a personal attack against you. Um, mm. y you you get stuck in traffic on the way to work. Like obviously that's personal, and it's 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 I mean, because it's you, you know. And that I think uh, I think weirdly enough, this this thing where you're talking about it being personal has just made me think something. There's a big cause of mental illness that we didn't cover. Go on. Bullying. 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 Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, like... I I suffered a lot of bullying when I was growing up. When I know we spoke about this during the education podcast, mm. um, and my mental health was ridiculous growing up. I had to have counselling on numerous occasions. Um, obviously I was in foster care as well, so that didn't help matters. But um, yeah, yeah, bullying was a massive cause of my uh, my mental health issues growing up. Yeah, well, sorry, mate. Um, but it's just yeah, you're right. But it's just um, it's interesting that. We all learn to cope with little things. So, like, we learn to tolerate the little things getting changed. But it's not necessarily because we've learned to accept. Like, in that difference um, between acceptance and tolerance is, like, is massive. Mm. Tolerance is you put a brave face on it, even though something pisses you off or something... Um, you know, horribly affects you. Um, tolerance is like going, it's not okay, but I'm going to just, yeah. you know, I'm going to be respectful. I'm going to still abide by the expectations and laws of society. Like, it's just, it just makes me think, though, that, like, is the process of growing up just put in a brave face on things and it's is is cuz i i know we all get more resilient to a point but uh it's just kind of made me think about how when you're a kid like i will admit things have gotten a lot better for myself like walking down the street as a teenager um you get shitty comments from other teenagers and from other people uh, I don't know if society's just gotten kinder or if that's just an age thing or if it's the fact that I'm six foot four and weigh God knows how many stone now. But uh, I don't know. It, it, sorry, I don't know where I'm going with that, mate. It's just... Um, no, you're, you're right. right. Like, people, it, other, it does, other people... It does, um... it does feel like... It can feel like things are a personal attack. Like, you'll always feel like the lights are turning red when you're late for something. Mm. Simply because the fact that they're turning red when you need to get somewhere causes that bit more stress and that yeah. bit more mental triggers, you yeah. know? And you may well face the same amount of red lights on a normal day, but because you're not 
faced with that time constraint, you don't notice them. You can just sit back and enjoy mm. the ride, you know. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. Um, anyway, I, I, the main thing, obviously, I wanted to make the main point I wanted to make in that is yes, there are a broad spectrum of all the reasons why people are affected, um, and the mental health is affected, um, and they're going to be different for everybody. Just allow them to be different for everybody, you know. Um, it's not as bad as it used to be. I will say this: uh, mental health issues aren't new, as we know. <laughs> as long as there's Absolutely. been a brain, there's been mental health issues. However, our perception of them has changed massively over the last hundred years, let alone over the last two thousand years. Let's go back. Let's go back. Um, let's go back to the first recorded incident of um, treatment of mental health. Do you know what the first known treatment of mental health was? I've got look. At, oh, I've got loads of guesses. How many? How many guesses? You do can I get have as many topic? as you want. I I would be okay. amazed um, if you got it. Fantastic. Okay, so the first one I imagine was they took a spear and then they shoved it through your heart. Um, and uh, no, no. And, then, and then and then and then you stop complaining and saying <laughs> things that they disagree with so just generally like that's uh the, the the other option is they grab you know your head and then they chop it off um specifically to stop you saying things that i want to just say with. to the viewers um, to the listeners um as dark as it sounds like james is going here he's bang on the money he is right in there with why like his reasoning behind his um, um, suggestions is bang on the money, um, and I'll get to that in a minute. But I'll let you carry on. For okay. Now. Well. Okay. So I can. All right. So I, I can talk. In, in ancient days, if somebody was mentally unwell, um, for example, if you were a powerful ruler, they'd say, "Oh, you're eccentric." If you were poor, you were demon possessed. Mm -hmm. You know, and now this is annoying because, like, I, I don't want to weird out our listeners too much, but I, I think there is more to this world than what we see in front of us, and I do think that there, there are elements where, you know, there's a lot of things that can be explained, but I still believe there are things which can't be explained, and I sometimes think that there are elements where you know what no i'll just say it truthfully i i believe in demons to a point i don't you know not necessarily fucking goat creatures with fucking horns all of that stuff but i do think there are you know spirits and there is stuff going on beyond the world but it got to the you know it people didn't under we're talking about times when people didn't understand germs yeah people didn't understand light you know, like they'd they'd light a fire, but they wouldn't understand why, um, you know, cozying up to a fire stopped them getting ill. You know, th 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 this is a society which didn't understand damp. Um, it's it's really interesting that the few, the few helpful customs, um, in a number of religions and societies was, if if you are sick, you are placed outside of the community so that it doesn't spread to everyone else. Um, and it's 
it's one of the few times when incredibly superstitious people and incredibly smart people would actually get on the same boat. Yeah. Um, but it's so first. So first treatment would be uh, death. The next treatment is imprisonment. And now the, this is really this is really weird um, because this actually kept on going. Um, this this was still ongoing in the late. 18th century so in the yeah. 1700s yeah. or 18th century this was still going on um, yeah. because and I know this because I wrote a I wrote a paper on well you know I maybe I didn't write a paper but I, I read a lot about Joseph Mollard William Turner um the person who's the Turner prize that's named after he's if if you if people still use notes if you take a 20 quid out your wallet if you're lucky enough to have 20 quid and you turn it over the, that bloke that bloke his mum was mentally ill and what they did was they sent her to an asylum which mm. is just a prison in those days at least was just a prison for the mentally ill so you take yeah. all of the un undesirable behaviors so i have got a story a time with nick a bit later which um we're going to talk about bethlehem oh. um so mainly okay. mainly because it's possibly the most famous of all asylums um mm. especially in this country but potentially All in the right. world even if people don't know it um you mm. know of it just through the the words um but yeah you're right you're right so All right. Um, All right. so then the, the other reasons... ones include electrotherapy uh beating summer's act summer stoning hysteria i know was treated with sex toys uh in victorian women um Okay. Yeah. So, sorry. Those, 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 those are the quick ones. So. Yeah. So, obviously, the yeah, reasoning behind mental health issues that they were given thousand years ago was stuff like, like James said, it was like demonic possession. They didn't know that mental health was linked with the brain. They just took it as a demon was in your soul trying to get out. Um, or you were cursed. That's quite a common one. Um, and I've got a bit of a theory behind curses and. Um, and witches, because witches, um, I don't personally believe in witches. Um, however, I do think there is a strong link between the masculine society and um, witches and mental health. I think there's a strong link between the three, which is why, um, and I'll get to that in a second anyway. Um, curses, sorcery um, and a vengeful god were a lot of the reasons why you might get mental health problems um but one of like the earliest form of um treatment other than murder and imprisonment actual treatment somebody's got a problem we want to make it better um, was trepanning do you know what trepanning is same as bloodletting in no no bloodletting is where they cut and they allow obviously it's self-explanatory they let blood in order to try and make you, you uh, feel relief um, apologies i just I just remembered that uh, the, the the scientific atheistic Romans actually got it somewhat right in that they believed in humours and that mental illness was caused by a a wrong type of yeah the four humours um, the... exactly yeah. exactly but yeah. sorry we'll go in sorry I'm not going to take us off topic on that That's one fine. okay so what is trapezium trepanning trepanning uh, trepanning is the using using um, rudimentary stone tools to bore a hole into the side of your skull to relieve the pressure on your brain which i mean when it was successful it was successful i'll give them that 
like when you had like genuine mental health problems that were caused by brain trauma like yeah fantastic you fell over and you banged your head it caused the brain to swell you end up with mental health problems because of that fine trepanning bang there's the swelling gone off your brain um is that is that the earliest form of lobotomy no well yes yes but they wouldn't insert anything into the brain they would just remove mm. the skull around the brain and they would it was it was proved it was looked at um in some of the graves that they found in india um uh the the holes it was never they 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 rarely killed the people they were trepanning they the sometimes people would live on for days weeks months even years because the hole itself in the skull would end up with like healing marks around it and rounding where the skull had healed um despite the hole uh, it wouldn't seal again but it would heal um but yeah, trepanning is um, one of the, uh, the reason I mentioned that as well is there was a book. Uh, I don't know if you've read um, His Dark Materials. Um, is that is that the title of the book? His no, Dark it's the material. trilogy. It's the, it's the trilogy. It's uh, the the Northern Lights, Amber Spyglass, Subtle Knife. Oh yes, yeah, the um the ones where uh, people have familiars that are like called demons. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, no, I, I... there's a man. Um, Will Parry? No, John Parry, his dad. John Parry had trepanning um, performed on him. And it was quite a common trait of um, a certain part of that world. Um, and I just read about it then. And then obviously when I came upon, it, I came upon it when I was researching, I was like, oh, God, I know what that is. That's disgusting. Um, but yeah, incredibly dangerous. Um do you know when the first mental health hospital was founded and where it was founded? Mm. Now this is frustrating because annoyingly I know that there have been a number of quite advanced civilizations um, throughout history. I'm not talking anti-grav tech or any bullshit like that. I'm, I mean, I don't know, maybe, but... Um, like you you get certain places at certain times where things have become incredibly advanced yeah you know like yeah. rome was an example of that and that's why it's yeah especially with the irrigation it, and uh, mm. i mean they're... there's also uh, there's also talk of um an ancient of the first instance of the steam engine going back as far as uh philippia yeah, I mean they've got uh, um, they've got pictures and they've got examples of the Baghdad battery, haven't they? Um, which is the earliest mm. form of a electronic device. It was just a jar right. with a copper filament and an iron iron rod, um, and they Absolutely. used to use lemon juice to create an electrical current. So what I'm what I'm struggling with here is if if it, if we're talking, I tell you what. Nick, do you mind narrowing this down? Is is was the first mental health hospital a mental health hospital as we know them today in the Western world, or Absolutely did it take us? A... So it did. Okay. All right. In which case, then I'd say that possibly the first mental health hospitals might be an ancient temple, like the uh, 
the Temple of Apollo, where the inscription on the side of it was Know Thyself. Like, I think people would go there for uh, prophecies, readings, for all kinds of healing of ailments. Um, am I closer to the mark or am I way off? I mean, you're... it depends. What What date range are you talking? Okay, so this date range would be... I want to put it about maybe a maybe a thousand BC. I mean, the first recorded actual mental health hospital in history that we know of was um, in seven hundred ninety-two C. Okay. All right. 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 All right. Whereabouts was it? What did it look like? It was in it was in Baghdad. Okay. Um, I'm trying to find out more about it now. It was um, or more of an insane asylum. So it was uh, an area that was um, it was an area that was segregated from the city, where people could like it was it was quite picturesque. There was um, like open areas people could walk around. Um, and not weren't confined to rooms necessarily, but you were confined to that that part of the town. Um, and they were these people were these people fed or were they yeah. like yeah they were treated okay. they were treated as in they were cared for. Um, yeah, back in seven hundred ninety-two um, CE. I can't remember if that's Anno Domino or BC. Um, Mainly because I'm not intelligent enough. Um, so I want to go back to um, the potential link between witches and... And this is only hypothesis. Um, however, during my research, I, I quite often um, end up in philosophical thought tra uh, trains of thought when I'm um, researching the topics that I'm looking into. And it made, it made a lot of sense, right? Now, um, go with me here. Um, Male society has always been um, very strong, and it would be a lot easier to blame a female for a male weakness than for the male to take the blame themselves. And quite often, witches um, were actually young, beautiful women, um, and they were told, they were said to have put spells on, quite commonly, men. Um, and those men would eventually have, quite often were married, um, and would end up having to out their um, feelings to their their actual spouse. Of which the spouse would go spare and demand that they did something about it. Um, of which the man would go, but it's not my fault. She put a spell on me. Um, it's, and it's unfortunate that even this language is used today. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, that that woman is enchanting. Yeah. I've, I've annoyingly, I would, mm, I I wouldn't use that cringeworthy a language, but. Uh, 
yeah, you know, like unfortunately that 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 sort of thought has crossed my mind. So I mean, even... I will be the first to put my hands up and say I have done some stupid things in my time because I thought I was impressing a girl. Um, the reality of it is that I wasn't, and the girl wasn't interested at all. But something in my brain made me go, do that. It will be really impressive. And uh, shock horror, it, it wasn't, you know. Um, but the main reason uh, I, the main reason I wanted to say that is because society itself has always been quite heavily male-led. And males don't like to admit they're weak. And yet, and would much rather blame their shortcomings on somebody that doesn't have the ability to fight back as hard um and in this in that day and age it was young women who didn't have the strength to fight back and they would end up scapegoated because of the infidelious sometimes even infidelious thoughts of that man because the woman themselves wouldn't have any bloody idea what was going on but the man would blame them it's uh, kind of sad that what, what you're literally talking about here is summed up in the lyrics of a Disney song uh, from The Hunchback of Notre Dame, the one to do with, I think it's, is it called Hellfire or something? I Where... can't remember the last time I watched Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, it's, well, it's just, it's, it's, it, I, I haven't watched it necessarily, I, although I am a Disney fan, I haven't watched this one recently, but it was... I'm sure they'll make a live action of it soon. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but um, like it's uh, it, it's about. Weirdly enough, the plot is of the the lyrics of this song is exactly what you're talking about. It's a. It's a man who is finding. Uh, his heartstrings being tugged and pulled, and changed in ways that he'd forgotten. He, he could be changed or affected sorry affected is the right word and he realizes that what he's feeling goes against his beliefs uh, uh so therefore it must be her fault yeah yeah and that was the reality of it back then wasn't it As i say that was obviously with complete confidence that what i'm saying is true it's a hypothetical conversation guys please <laughs> like just it, it makes a lot of sense in my head anyway even if it's not something that you personally what's your idea what what, what do you think is there any link between um like witches and mental health and 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 men's ego shall we say well i think i think it was it's it's well it's well known um that you know the the patriarchy has been somewhat toxic and it has come down to uh the basic fact the basic biologic biology that when we all were fitter um women would be able to have children but i can't create life um and men would tend not always, but tend to be stronger um, or to grow slightly bigger or, you know, um, along those lines. And I think, unfortunately, from that, I know that what you've said there is true, is that um, you, you do get this 
this blame. And I, I think it's also interesting that there are elements of this in society today when it comes to, uh, I don't know, women being viewed as being unreasonable for being emotional um, or like, you know, like hysterical or, or whatever. Um, and I think it, you shouldn't, yeah, I, where am I going with this? That should not be the case. I think it's kind of it's kind of frustrating as well because I'm not sure because I'm certain some societies would have and a lot of pe some people would have been even back then but I don't know how aware people were of subjective and objective reality you know like yeah sorry in short yes i can i can i can understand that i don't think all mental health um is to do necessarily no well then i'm sorry i'm expanding on your words here in a way that I'm, i know you didn't intend um i don't think all mental health is necessarily linked with witches uh, I don't, I think that a lot of, a lot of people accused of being heretics, witches and stuff were just people who saw things in a different light. Yeah. And I think sometimes yeah. those people, either as a result of just the way that they view things or in, as a result to the way that other people reacted like I can't think of a more more of a terrible effect that you can have on someone's mental health than being ostracized from your entire community. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean and just for the for the sake of the listeners, James was um just making making the point that uh the it wasn't necessarily witches that he was linking to, it was supernatural. Obviously we know that historically mental health issues were supernatural they were seen as supernatural which is why james was saying i don't think previous like it wasn't just about witchcraft it was about supernatural in general wasn't it um so absolutely um but i think the perceptions perceptions were as i said back then it was all it was either it was either um it was supernatural in some way it was either a god or it was it was it was witchcraft or it was sorcery but reality now like the sensible um, an educated human now understands that mental health is down to lifestyle normally or or the pressures of society or or it's not it it's it's your brains and body's way of saying something's wrong without actually going um like your limbs falling off you know um the uh you were right I'm just going through my notes here, so I'm trying to trying to catch back up with uh, where we were. You were right, absolutely. Throughout the Middle Ages, the 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 most common forms of treatment for mental health issues, um, and when we say mental health issues, I mean being possessed and and obviously having a demon demon living inside your soul, and and um, you know that quite commonly were beaten to death or beaten, or or the the demon was tried to be beaten out of them. They were tortured tied down because they were sick people that had evil things inside them and they had to be drawn out with 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 thumb screws and and stuff uh, and sometimes they'd even be just imprisoned 
Um, imprisonment was the most common, I think is the most commonly used method of treatment throughout history for mental health issues. Don't understand it, lock them away. Don't want to see them, put them in a cage. Um, yeah. To the point where even now, in certain countries in the world, normally those with an in intense sen uh, sense of familial pride, um, they will still lock their mentally unwell relatives in their basement or or put them in a home like quite often if you go somewhere i'm using i'm using a generalization here but if you use if you look at china for example historically um they wouldn't necessarily put someone in a home their family would look after that person if they were unwell but if they were mentally unwell they would be locked in the basement of their house nobody would know that person exists and it was the same in the Western world, um, all throughout Europe, um, up through the Middle Ages, um, e even into like the early 16th, late 17th, even um, like you wouldn't put, you wouldn't necessarily put your loved one in, or your your relative, I should say, um, in a mental hospital. You would look after them yourself, and by look after them yourself, I mean lock them in the basement. Um, you would quite often rich rich families would um, re renege their responsibility onto their servants and have their servants look after the the mentally unwell person. Um, they would abandon them on the streets and let them become beggars. Um, like completely do away with them because the shame of having a mentally unwell member of the family was too much. They would hide them or get rid of them. Thank God that's changed, otherwise I would have been screwed at a young age. <laughs> I think it's it's frustrating as well because there are so many different levels of mental unwellness. And so what you're describing there is when someone is mentally unwell to the point where they can no longer communicate or and I, I hate to say it this way, but unfortunately I possibly I am just being a bit a bit dark here um it just sounds like or the the level of mental health that you're you're talking about there is where someone can no longer be controlled yeah or can no longer behave or can no longer meet the expectations of society society it's um expects you to commune with most people who address you directly um to only become angered if seriously uh what's it what's it called unless yeah only become angry when seriously aggravated to only turn to violence in extreme circumstances when you're uh incredibly aggravated Oh, sorry, when you're incredibly angry and normally it's the result of someone else's provocation. Um, somebody who's mentally unwell to the point where they would attack someone with no... No, you know what? It's just, it's frustrating that this is the thing, and it, but there are so many 
I don't know. It's 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 interesting that throughout history, madness is is used as this derogatory label to. It, it's used as an excuse to take away your rights as a human being under the guise of you the the conscious part of your mind the thing that makes you that makes you a thinking human is even no longer there or does not function yeah so if i was talking about that professionally obviously having the care experience that i've got we call that mental capacity do you have the mental capacity to make decisions for your own uh, make decisions of fair judgment on your own care your own life your own um, finances all of those things those are the things that you would quite commonly be assessed if you're if you're old and you're in a care home or if you're in, if you're being cared for at all or if you um, I mean I the last the last places I worked in were mental health homes um, predominantly for um, those with um, like autism or or other conditions that affect the neurological development of individuals um, and I mean I've got to say there was a lady I won't name names obviously it wouldn't be it wouldn't be professional of me but it was a lady who um, had been in mental health homes her entire life she was 74 years old this lady and she'd she uh, came from she lived in one of the oldest asylums in the area um, one of the last asylums to shut in the UK and um, when she was young as soon as she was put into this mental health hospital the first thing they did was they removed her teeth they removed her teeth not because she was a threat of biting but to remove the risk that it could ever happen That's, that was quite common practice, to remove people's teeth, to stop the risk of you being bitten. Sod whether she would ever have bitten anyone, let's just take it away, you know? Um, and the saddest thing about this lady was that she was the most adorable person, um, kind, gentle, um, and nobody visited her she had no family that came to see her in all the time that i was in that home um, and the same can be said for a lot of the people that um i cared for they were put into a home where they their their loved ones had the conscience cleared and we put them somewhere they're being looked after that's all that matters and then they just got on with their life and left them there you know and it, it, it was upsetting for me being what 2019, 2018, 2017, and yet people were just dumped. Don't want to look after you. Too much hassle. Off you go. Like they're still they're still your loved ones. You know what I mean? Is it their fault they're they're in that state? No. So why why treat them like it's their fault? Is it your fault that they're in that state? No. So why not just look at them with, look at them with love? You know. Anyway, I don't want to go on a dark turn, um, but I just the, the the treatments of some mental health 
um, even now it's still in the wrong direction um, I think uh, but treatment has got a lot better I mean we don't use electric electroconvulsive therapy anymore that's a positive I mean did that ever work no but, but you, you, you have to you have to ask because no. there's got to, like the, 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 with with everything but it's like lobotomies did lobotomies ever, oh. ever work if anybody doesn't know what a frontal lobotomy is um, it did make the people less it did make it, the people less violent and it made them it complicit it didn't always kill them no so so I mean, you, you're right did did it work in that did it remove their it it worked in that it removed their violent tendencies it did not make it did not cure them by any stretch no. of the imagination. so the theory behind a lobotomy is that in the frontal lobe of the brain it controls your mood um, and a lot of your behaviors your choices that you make surrounding those behaviors so what doctors thought would be a great idea is to place an implement which I can only describe as an ice pick into the soft tissue above the eye hammer it until it disconnects the nerves that connect the frontal lobe to the rest of the brain therefore shutting off your ability to have moods uh, when it didn't kill you it rendered the person extremely complicit for a very long time until they died normally because they did something completely stupid because they didn't have that regulative part of their brain to tell them that was a stupid idea Aye, terrifying times um okay so let, let right, me let uh... me go into um let me go into a little bit about um bethlehem hospital okay yep so bethlehem hospital is if you don't know it by name um that's not necessarily um strange it was founded it was established in 1247 in the uk okay it was established in 1247 and still exists today that is the most incredible thing about this hospital it still exists as bethlehem hospital today and bethlehem hospital is where we get the term bedlam from um craziness insanity bedlam yeah that's where it comes from it's a bastardization of the word bethlehem um it was a workhouse if you don't know what a workhouse is um workhouses were places where poor people could, could, go, uh, could go work and then have lodgings and food provided to them free of charge as long as they worked they were able to live in these houses now workhouses were almost the first asylums people with unwell people quite often took them to workhouses and made them work in order to um, get them out of their house um, I don't know if you've seen of mice and men but I always think of um, Lenny Lenny going to that farm think about that as a workhouse they're provided food and board and they work admittedly 
Lenny's friend doesn't have mental health issues. Or maybe he does. I don't know if mental health issues is the right... right Neurological development issues, I suppose, is the right wording there. Um, Lenny certainly does. Um, and we all know what happened to Lenny if you've watched the film or read the books. Um, anyway, so it was originally started by the Church of Bethlehem. It was a religious um, organisation. And... All who lived there would have had a, sew, a star sewn into their clothing to show its affiliation with the order. Um, and it was eventually claimed by the crown in 1350. Um, and the name Bethlehem Hospital was bastardised into Bethlehem Hospital and that's as it remained um, until today. Um, in 1403 the hospital would greet its first um, six mental health patients. So, obviously, in 1247 it was a workhouse. In 1600, in 1403 it would become more of a mental health hospice. It's interesting that work. I, I always used to think of workhouses as being very much a Victorian thing. Yeah. Like may, maybe there was. Maybe they came. They still back existed. In. They still existed in in the Victorian days. Um, but mm. they were less common, I suppose, in um, 1247. But I, I suppose more than anything, they would have been a religious institute. Like I said, it was started by the Church of Bethlehem. So um, it wouldn't have been mm. set up privately like they quite commonly were back in um, back in Victorian days. Workhouses were quite often um, houses that were owned by Lord and Lord and Lady that would... Um, or, or yeah, they would they would typically be owned by a lord and a lady who would um, make money off the pack, the fact that people were working essentially for free. Um, yeah, it's 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 annoying as well because these things were, in some instances, not in all, in some instances, were seen as a charitable venture. Mm. In the fact that because you had people who. If you didn't have a skill, if you weren't a member of a guild, if you didn't have uh, existing property or a way to provide for yourself, you could it it provided somewhere for you to go. Yeah. The problem is though that yes, it provided somewhere for you to go, but these places they are n very rarely described in any positive light no that's at, it that's at, it at, at, at all like unfortunately you went there because you had no other choice in order to get the bare basics of life and you the work was not pleasant it was unskilled but it was not pleasant it was hard and... work backbreaking work you know and as soon yeah. as you weren't able to work you weren't able to you stay there either you were out you know um so it was a one trick one trick thing if you if you got injured because of the work there was an insurance to pay you um off for being injured at work if you were injured at work it was quite commonly your fault so you were stopped working um and, and another example of of the poor um standards is that these in 1403 when these six mental health patients um joined bethlehem hospital 
How do you suppose they were treated? They were locked in manacles, alone, and the demons that possessed them were beaten out of them. A theme which would last for the next 400 years. The imprisonment and, and beating of patients, anyway. Um, it was a theme that evolved. But again, again, all that does is it forces the animalistic part of the human being. The red-blooded, instinctual so, part of the human so, being yeah, into that yeah. fight-or-flight state. Into that fight-or-flight state, or into that coward mm. state to be to be afraid to enter to... that almost neonatal, childish, infantile state of fear. Hmm. So in okay, in... did things ever did things ever get better at this hospital? Like what? I mean, what, as what I said, there? um, as I said, uh, it still exists today. So it, I would like to think that that meant that it got better, but. I mean, history wasn't so kind. In 1619, Helkiah Crook was appointed by the king. Um, it was the first time a mental health, and I'm using inverted commas here, specialist was appointed to run the mental health hospital. That's 1619. So it had been open for over 400 years by that point, And it was the first time a mental health, as I said loosely, specialist ran the hospital um, he had released a book which later came out that it was completely plagiarized from a number of different papers that were written by different people about the brain and body um, and he was eventually investigated when they found out that he'd plagiarized his book they investigated him at the hospital and found that he had been extorting the patients that he was caring for by not feeding them in order to pocket the money they were paying for their room and board. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Um, he was unseated and replaced by um, a member of the king's choosing again. Um, the site itself, Bethlehem Hospital has been open for 800 years, nearly 800 years. However, it's not been in the same site. So the first time it moved was because the original site was built over a sewer. And that sewer started overflowing into the courtyard. And the king decided that it was unsanitary to have these people cared for in a cesspit, essentially. So they decided yeah. they would move the site. Um, they relocated to Moorfields in London. Um, and this is where it actually got the name Bedlam. Um, the Munro family took over um, for the next century and a quarter. And it was thought this was the darkest time with treatments becoming more torturous. Um, in a hospital which now could house over 150 patients. Now, I'm aware that there were worse places that existed throughout the years of the asylum. Um, however, the reason I picked this one out was because um, it existed, as I said, for nearly 800 years. And during that time, can you imagine the amount of people that were 
in inverted commas, treated for mental health illnesses. Um, especially given the fact that by the late seven, the early seventeenth century, the late seventeenth century, they were caring for upwards of one hundred and fifty people at a time using methods such as electroconvulsive therapy, insulin shock therapy, and lobotomies, all performed at this hospital. What is insulin shock therapy? Isn't that for insulin for diabetes, sorry? Is... Yeah, insulin is pr produced by the pancreas. Um, let me get up the, like, the authentic um, description. Um, insulin shock therapy, or insulin coma therapy, was a form of psychiatric treatment in which pa patients were re repeatedly injected with large doses of insulin in order to pre produce daily comas over several weeks. Wow. Do you know when it was introduced? When was it introduced? And I'm hoping it was, it's been banned. It was introduced in 1927. No, get out. And it was used extensively in the 40s and 50s, mainly for schizophrenia, before falling out of uh, favour and being replaced by neuroleptic drugs in the 1960s. Well, again, that's, yeah, completely understandable. Just like, cool, we don't know what to do with you. You can spend your life asleep. Yeah, I mean, were people with frontal lobe, like, frontal lobotomies any better they were basically asleep they were essentially turned into zombies um, I suppose people that had insulin shock therapy had the ability to wake up from their coma and yeah, go on with it. their life but um, like there's no going back from a frontal lobotomy I'll tell you that um, yeah so two more um, relocations um, between the 16th century and the 20th century and in 1950, it was eventually incorporated into the NHS, um, where it remains today. And although treatments were not as brutal as some asylums, um, as I said, I think the longevity of this hospital um, makes it possibly one of the worst asylums to have ever existed. You think of the amount of people that it would have treated in the most barbaric forms. Okay, maybe not at the intensity as some of the um, in asylums from around the world, but the numbers, the numbers, Mason. Um, mm. We'll have okay, a little so bit of a debrief following that, shall we? So, I'm going to ask you, a, a, who do you think has the highest level of depression? Which country has the highest level of dep depression? Percentage. Let's go percentage per population first. Sweden. Sweden has the highest percentage of depression. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I, I I reckon it's gonna be one of the uh, wealthy. I'm gonna say. In order think, for it to be. Think global events. That may cause depression. What are we talking USA? 
No. Ukraine. Ukraine is currently, understandably, the highest in percentage. Yeah. That's, Second uh, place that is the US. Makes, makes Ukraine sense. has 6.7% of its total population suffering or reported to have suffered from suffering from depression. Understandably, given the war in Ukraine. However, Ukraine's Ukraine's um, population is 10% that of the US at 35 million. The US has 335 million individuals living within its borders, at least, and its population, its um, percentage of depressed population is at 6.6.5%. 6. Or 17.5 million people. I should point out that is the third highest level, or like pop uh, number, of um, depressed people within the world. Okay. Beaten mm. only by China and India, whose population is over a billion each. And their their percentage of population is four point two and four point five respectively. The That's... US is ridiculously depressed in comparison. That's really something to consider. Um it's also sad in that America was founded on a number of things but isn't the pursuit of happiness one of them yeah love liberty and the uh, and the pursuit of happiness yeah 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 the the i think the thing that lets that lets them down is their choice of treatment for uh, mental health problems now there is they do heavily use um verbal therapies which I think is um, possibly one of the most positive forms of treatment for mental health, stuff like counselling. Um, however, they follow that up with the tr with the administration of um, serotonin inhibitors, um, other neurological drugs. That if you actually read the um, side effects of these medications quite often the side effects are to induce suicidal thoughts or to induce anxiety and, and nervousness which are going to lead to mental health problems <laughs> you know um, and the, the other thing to be mindful of in the US is that pharmaceutical companies are some of the biggest money spinners and why would they want to cure your depression when they can make a lot of money off it? People say about the NHS, oh, we need to privatise our healthcare. The minute you privatise healthcare, you make being sick a business. And when mm. you make being sick a business, you do away with any kind of need for cures. 
it all becomes treatment because treatment is a monthly subscription and cure Absolutely. is a one-time deal. Absolutely, yeah. and I think that's the problem with US. I think their, their privatized healthcare has led to conditions not being cured, people not, like companies not seeking to get people better because if they made the entire country better, they wouldn't have a business anymore. I won't go. I won't go down this route properly, but I'm just going to throw out there that um, medical debt is the it's either the third or second largest cause of personal bankruptcy in the U.S. Yeah. Well, do you know currently. how much it costs to have a baby in the U.S.? And I'm assuming this isn't. Um, Backyard tub. No, 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 no. This is, this mean, is yeah. go on the ward, have doctors deliver your baby. How much are you going to pay? Oh, this is really difficult because the, there is a huge amount in there. But at the same time, this is a basic human. This is still a basic human right. Like I've, I'm not 50, 70 years down the line. I don't know what 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 stuff will happen but this is fundamental to mm. our continuation as a species so you know you'd think there would be all right uh having a first baby voucher so you get your first one free something like that yeah you know like there the, the should maybe be a coupon in your tax booklet um <laughs> go on how much do you think all right you know what you know what i'm gonna be obscene Go on. I'm going to be a... No. Okay, right. Bare minimum, uh, £3,500, or I'll say $5,000. No. The bare minimum. No. Nowhere close. Okay, so we are talking about the obscene sorts of figures. All right, fine. Uh, 15 15 thousand uh, dollars that's where it starts bloody hell double it for the most common price you will pay to have a baby in the US do you know how much it costs to call an ambulance to your door in the US and this isn't something I've researched this is just something I know <laughs> it's ridiculous okay so so people say that every single time um, a ambulance uh, leaves the pad, as it were, as in leaves its designated station at a hospital, it costs the NHS £800. Now, considering that's in dollars, that's going to be, I don't know, somewhere around... 1400 Yeah, it's going to be around 1200 Okay, so we're looking... So assuming that it's the same... And we're looking at the same sort of stuff here. Then that's twelve, twelve hundred. You, I'm going to assume that the minimum markup would put it at two thousand dollars. Six. Seriously. Six thousand dollars to have an ambulance come to your door, come to your door. Basically, if you get ill in the U.S., tough. Um. Anyway. 
Yeah, absolutely. You can see why health um, is a common form of bankruptcy in the US. You can also see why mental health problems exist so predominantly in the US. There's so much pressure on people to stay well and to stay okay and to continue earning. My God. Um, the reason I, I, I kind of go over that is because the US have always prided themselves on treating mental health the right way. As a matter of fact, when I was working in um, the care home that I used to work in, the format of treatment that we used to use to um, support the individuals was originally developed in America. However, when it came to us, to the UK, we added the UK's touch on it. Um, it was called Proaxkip, which is the positive range of um, actions to avoid crisis and use therapies, um, strategies for crisis intervention and prevention. Um, namely, it's how do you get someone that can't communicate to you what they need and find out what they need. And on the absolute last resort, how do you help someone that is in crisis, that is having a meltdown? and maybe causing injury to themselves or to the local people or to 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 the staff how do you control that situation um, and that's why i used to train um, now the reason i bring that up is the us have always been very very heavy on um, like control and restraint however they developed this strategy of restraining people in the least harmful possible way comes over to the uk and we add the um, there is no alternative before using that strategy. We exhaust every other effort before that where we put them in an environment where they're happy, where they have everything they could possibly need and we make their quality of life better and we get them, we get them doing the things they want to be doing in a positive way, um, meaning um, you tend to find that negative behaviours like acting out and violence um, they've all got a purpose. People are doing that because getting you to understand what it is they actually need is a lot more difficult than just punching you and taking it. Yeah? Um, yeah. Like, all behaviour has a purpose. And all that we had to do when, like, through the training that I used to provide is work out what's the purpose of that behaviour. What are they trying to say? You know? Um, anyway. The reason I say that is because what I found through my experience is that the best form of treatment for mental health problems is actually love. And I don't want to sound corny when I say that. It's It starts with you. When I've had mental health issues, the, the biggest thing that I've done that has helped me is give myself a break. Do you understand how much pressure you put on yourself first thing in the morning to get up get dressed and get to work and then to maintain a standard that keeps you employed all the way throughout the day and then you come home and you have to maintain your 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 home life with your kids or or you have to maintain your home structure with meals etc etc and then you go to bed and then you go and do it all again the next day and that wheel keeps turning day after day after day after day the pressure you put on yourself when predominantly the most fundamental thing that you need to do is wake up in the morning, survive the day, and go to sleep. 
when I have been unwell mentally, that's the pressure that I put on myself. I go, let's start from simple, let's cut it back to basics, let's get up in the morning, let's get through the day, let's go to sleep. No more pressure. Can't do anything else, won't do anything else. Give yourself the time. Let's get through it slowly. One more thing. Let's add the things that are necessary into your life. I need a job in order to pay the rent. Right, let's try and go back to work. But no more pressure. Let's not put pressure on ourselves to maintain these ridiculous standards. Let's just do the work. Yeah? And then eventually, you begin to acclimatize. I began to acclimatize myself better. And it wasn't because I have this wonderful wand of fixing it. I didn't take massive amounts of, of pharmaceutical drugs to get better. I just took care of myself. I gave myself a break. And people around me told me it was okay to do so. Essentially, I loved myself and the people around me loved me too. That's the best cure. That's the best treatment for mental health issues. That's incredibly powerful. Um, Just remember that, that yeah. saying which I see everywhere, that it's okay to not be okay. Mm. I think that's a really uh, powerful note and a good thing to end it on there. That's a, that's a powerful message um, there, Nick. Uh, I think there's a lot more to cover in... As there has been with every single in, topic in the, we've covered. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah, but I think that's a really good uh, that's a really good first stab uh, into mental health. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you for taking the time to get through the podcast with us once again. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful time and we look forward to joining you again on the next one. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.